0: Hello, and welcome to Inherent Cast.
1: Inher- it, what are we calling it? In, infinite Cast inher- Part 2, Inherent Cast, in- Part infinite, 5.
0: <laughs> infinite Cast Season 2, Inherent season Cast. Season 2, Inherent Cast. Part 5. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Uh, we're back again. We're back. Two weeks in a row. Look wow. at this. We're trying to get back on that horse. Back on that
1: horse. Clip-clop. Clip-clop. Nay,
0: <laughs> bag of bag of oats, bag of
1: oats, bag of apples, bag of
0: oats, bag of oats, bag of oats, bag of oats. <laughs> I feel like that's a uh, you know like a, a, a warm up mouth exercise.
1: I I ain't seen a horse in weeks. That's the one thing in L. A. In Brooklyn, we, sometimes we would just be going to the park and there would just be like a big group of horses just riding around on the freaking bridle. Trail.
0: We had a horse in our backyard like that show, the Two Broke Girls. Yes, we were the two broke girls. Yes, we kept a horse in our backyard. It was eating up all our money. We're never going to get this cupcake business off the ground.
1: We're never. Did they ever do that?
0: Uh, I wonder. Anybody Honestly, seen the, the series finale of Two Broke Girls? Let us know if they opened the cupcake store or not.
1: Uh, if, if anyone has uh, worked on the uh,
0: TV show Two Broke Girls, good for
1: you. Probably the last show to get mm-hmm. into syndication yeah. in a kind of meaningful way that could get you residuals. Yes. Uh,
0: Kat Denning sure looks nice. Oh,
1: She, she sure does. I looks her. like a nice person. I mean, oh yeah, she looks like a nice person. Yes. Um. What's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm we, good. We just uh, came it's... back from your ancestral home. Yes,
0: yeah, we so were just in Cincinnati. Uh, we uh, seeing family. Very exhausted. It was a good trip. Love love to see family, but y'all know how it be. It it it, it, yes. it it rapidly depletes your energy bar.
1: I'm just more thinking the the uh, I, I I am uh I have mastered jet lag. Mm-hmm. I made jet lag my bitch. It's a carefully calibrated system of naps on the ground and naps on the plane and staying up when you're tired or sleeping when you're not tired.
0: I've gotten pretty good at sleeping on planes or at least entering low power mode.
1: Same. I had a kick ass time uh, today just uh, willing myself into a state of unconsciousness.
0: Not easy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've got my my whole system set up. Yeah. But anyway, it's usually we try to do these early in the morning on weekdays as like a just rolled out of bed thing. But now it's what? It's like 8.30 or 9 on a Sunday night. Yeah. So let's try to power through it while we still have a little energy and then slowly collapse watching uh, this Blake Lively movie you've you've programmed for us. A Simple Favor? Yes. Yeah,
1: we can talk about that at the end. I can try to sell you on it. I don't know if you're convinced. Uh, But let's get back to the book, shall we? Yes. Great uh later in the afternoon doc drifted up to the tree section to his aunt reed's place where he found his cousin scott oof out in the garage with his band scott had been playing with a local group known as the corveyors till half of them decided to join the northward migration of those years up uh of, of those years up to humboldt vineland and del norte uh, Scott, to whom redwoods were an alien species, and Elfmont, the drummer, decided to stay on at the beach, stay on at the beach, and went around sticking up ads on different school bulletin boards till they'd assembled this new band, which they called Beer, <laughs> playing mostly. <laughs> it's a good name for a band. It is playing mostly covers in bar gigs around the area. Beer were now actually almost paying their rent month to month. At the moment, they were rehearsing, or today actually trying to learn the correct notes to the theme from the TV western The Big Valley, which had recently gone into reruns. The shelves of the garage were lined with jars of purple pork rind, surefire bait for the depraved reservoir bass Aunt Reet went off periodically to Mexico after and came back with the trunk full of. Doc wasn't sure, but in the dimness, the stuff always appeared to be glowing. Beer's frontman Huey was singing while the rhythm guitar and bass filled in behind him. Uh, th- is... I I confirmed The Big Valley is indeed a A real show. show, And I looked up the theme, and the theme doesn't have words, Okay, uh, but it does have a tune, and I'm guessing that Pinchon might have um, retroactively done what what we do for our TV shows now, which is, uh, you know, put... The uh, words, words to a song, a song yes. Uh, like when we say, you know, yes. uh,
0: who will get to get, de- the thing that Demi? Bad like, uh, uh, yes Sadman man, sad man. Men So
1: I'm just gonna, um, I'm yes. just gonna sort of chant it.
0: Yeah, I'm imagining this being something like the Rawhide theme. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. The,
1: the big valley guitar fill. The big valley guitar fill. Just how big is it? Well, go visit sometime. Ride all night till dawn, and what will you find? The Big Valley, yes, even more of the Big Valley. <laughs> no place to score in the Big Valley. Big, that's for sure. It's the Big Valley. Sorry.
0: Yes, I, I, I jumped out of the page, off the page for me.
1: It's like, <clears throat> it's like my roots. Scott explained. My mom hates the San Joaquin, but I don't know, man. Every time I go up there, gigs at the Chowchilla Kiwanis or whatever, there's this strange feeling like I used to live there. (laughs) You did live there, Doc pointed
0: out. This character's name is Scott Scott Oof. Oof.
1: No, like in another life, man? Doc had considerately brought along a shirt pocket full of pre-rolled Panamanian and soon everybody was wandering around drinking cans of supermarket soda and eating homemade peanut butter cookies. Anything on the rock and roll grapevine? Doc inquired. About a surf saxophone player named Coy Harlingen who used to play for the boards? O'Deed, right? said Lefty, the bass player. Allegedly O'Deed, Scott said. But there's also been a strange rumor going around is that he really survived? They brought him back in some Beverly Hills emergency room, but everybody kept it quiet. Some say they paid him to go on pretending he's dead, and he's out there someplace right now, walking among us in disguise like with different hair and so forth. Why would anybody go to that much trouble, Doc said. Yeah, said Lefty. Not like he's some hot-looking singer every chick wants to ball, some kick-ass guitarist who'll change the business forever. Just another surf band sax player, easy to replace. <laughs> so much for Coy. As for the boards, they'd been making piles of money lately, living all together in a house up in Topanga Canyon with the usual entourage groupies producers in-laws pilgrims who journeyed long and hard enough to be taken in as part of the household the resurrected coy harlingen was darkly rumored to be one of these though nobody recognized anybody there who might be him maybe someone thought they did but all was fuzzed as if by the fog of dope (laughs) Later, later as doc was getting in his car aunt reet stuck her head out the bungalow office window and hollered at him so you had to go talk to mickey wolfman nice timing "'What did I tell you, wise-ass? "'Was I right?' "'I forget,' Doc said." That's the end of that chapter, which was chapter two. This is chapter three. The cop who'd called Hope Harlingen with the news about Coy's overdose, Pat Dubonnet, was now top kahuna at the Gordita Beach station. Doc located behind his ear a bent cool, lit up, and considered aspects of the situation. Pat and Bigfoot had come up at around the same time, both having begun their careers in the South Bay practically on Doc's own stretch of beach, back in the era of the surfer-lowrider wars. (laughs) Pat had stayed, but Bigfoot, quickly picking up a rep for stick-assisted pacification solid enough to look to the folks downtown like an obvious draft choice, had moved on. Doc had been around long enough now to watch a few of these hotshots come and go, and to note that they always left behind them some residue of history. He also knew that Pat had more or less fucking hated Bigfoot for years. Time for a visit, he decided, to Hippophobia Central. <laughs> he drove past the Gordita Beach Station house twice before he'd recognized it. The place had been radically transformed, courtesy of federal anti drug money, from a pier side booking desk with a two coil hot plate and a jar of instant coffee into a palatial cop's paradise featuring locomotive size espresso machines, its own mini jail, a motor pool full of rolling weaponry that would otherwise be in Vietnam. In a kitchen with a true crew of pastry chefs working around the clock. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta have my donuts. Yes. Uh, after threading his way among a crew of trainees chirping around the place, squirting mist at the dwarf palms, wandering Jews, and defenbachias. Uh I don't know that plant. Um wait, let me see if I can quickly look it up.
0: We have been gifted several wandering Jews.
1: Yes. Uh didn't we co- wasn't there a different name for it? Uh Probably. Whatever. It's not for us to decide. Uh, The chosen leaf. Uh, uh, Diefenbachia's, which I'll try to look up after, Doc located Pat Dubonet in his office and, reaching into his fringe shoulder bag, withdrew a foil-wrapped object about a foot long. Here you go, Pat, expressly for you. Before he could blink, the detective had grabbed, unwrapped, and somehow ingested at least half of the lengthy wiener and bun within, which had also come with everything on it.
0: Is that from the Wiener Schnitzel? Another another local place that we have to sit to uh, to to try sooner okay. than later.
1: Hits the spot. Amazed I have any appetite. Who let you in? By the way, posed as a drug snitch, fools him every time. All in bright new faces, still naive, I guess. Not enough to stay here any longer than they have to. Even though Doc was watching carefully, somehow the rest of the hot dog had disappeared. <laughs> Look at this miserable place. It's the endless bummer. Everybody else will move on, but guess who, for his sins, will remain stuck out here forever in Gordita, nothing but penny ante collars, kids under the pier dealing their mom's downers, when I should be in West LA, or Hollywood Division at least. Center of the cop universe, for sure, Doc nodding sympathetically. But we can't all be Bigfoot Bjornson, can we? Oops, I mean, who'd want to be him anyway? <laughs> Hoping this wasn't pushing things, given Pat's mental health, frail on the best of days at this point pat replied grimly a quiver in his lower lip i'd settle for a life swap even with him yes trade what i've got for what's behind the door or where, where carol is standing you might say even if it turns out to be a zonk in bigfoot's <laughs> bracket how bad of a deal could that be weird pat because what i hear is is he's scuffling these days you'd know better than me of course pat squinted you're awfully inquisitive today, Sportello. I would have known sooner if I wasn't so upset with career issues which are no doubt beyond you. Is Bigfoot giving you problems again? Call the Internal Affairs Hotline. It's toll-free. 800-BENT-COP. Ha! Not that I'd ever file a complaint or nothing, Lieutenant. Understand. But how desperate, man. Blood out of a turnip. Even the most wasted spare change artist up on Hollywood Boulevard knows enough to pass me by anymore. But not that Bigfoot. Oh, no. You could see a struggle going on here in Pat's mind between two major cop reflexes, envy of another cop's career versus hatred of hippies. (laughs) Envy won out. He didn't actually quote you a sum. He listed some expenses. Doc started improvising and saw Pat's ears definitely change angle. Personal, departmental. I told him I always thought he was better connected than that. He got philosophical. People forget is how he put it. No matter what you may have done for them in the past, you can never count on them when you need them. Pat shook his head. And with the risks he's taken, a lesson to us all. Some real ungrateful fuckers in that business, huh? He had this uh, Art Fleming look on his face, like Doc was now supposed to guess which business exactly. <laughs> Doc, in turn, made with the blank hippie stare that could mean anything, and which, if held long enough, was sure to unnerve any quadrilateral in uniform, till Pat shifted his eyes away, mumbling, Ah, yeah, I get you. Groovy. Of course, he added, after some reflection, he's got all them residuals. Doc by now had very little idea what they might be talking about. (laughs) I try to stay awake for those reruns, he hazarded, but somehow I always crash before Bigfoots are on. Well, Mr. News at 10's certainly, uh, Mr. News at 10's got himself another case of the century now since Mickey Wolfman's gorilla got wasted. Let the others have Benedict Canyon and Sharon Tate in them. For the right chief investigator, this one could be a bottomless source of cash. You mean, it's bound to be a movie for TV, ain't it? Whatever happens. Bigfoot can end up with script and production credits, even play himself the asshole. But oops, 11th commandment issues, ignore that I said that. Not to mention, if he gets Mickey back, he's a big public hero. Yeah, if. But what if he's too close to this? Some point it begins to fuck with your judgment. Like, doctors ain't supposed to operate on family members? (laughs) Mickey and him are that tight, huh? Ace buddies, according to legend. Hey, you think Bigfoot's Jewish, too? Swedish, I thought. Could be both. Pat dimly defensive. There can be Swedish Jews. I know there's Swedish fish. (laughs) Basically only trying to be helpful. That was chapter three. Uh...
0: I guess that's only fourteen minutes of reading, but I'll do a little more. I'll do a little more. Let's try to get it to twenty.
1: Okay. All right. Chapter four. On so I was uh, scanning this. I was laughing. I thought you would like this. Okay. Now great. that We live here. Are
0: the are the chapters getting precipitatively smaller? Yeah. Okay.
1: On certain days, driving into Santa Monica was like having hallucinations without going to all the trouble of acquiring and then taking a particular drug. Although some days, for sure any drug was preferable to driving into Santa Monica. (laughs) Today, after a deceptively sunny and uneventful spin up through the Hughes Company property, a kind of smorgasbord of potential U.S. combat zones, terrain specimens ranging from mountains and deserts to swamp and jungle and so forth, all there, according to local paranoia, for fine-tuning battle radar systems on, past Westchester and the marina and into Venice, Doc reached the Santa Monica city line where the latest mental exercise began. Suddenly he was on some planet where the wind can blow two directions at once, bringing in fog from the ocean and sand from the desert at the same time, obliging the unwary driver to shift down the minute he entered this alien atmosphere, with daylight dimmed, visibility reduced to half a block, and all colors, including those of traffic signals, shifted radically elsewhere in the spectrum. Doc went automotively groping in this weirdness east on Olympic, trying not to flinch at what came popping up out of the gloom in the way of city buses and pedestrians in altered states of consciousness. Faces came sharpening into an intensity usually only seen at area racetracks. (laughs) Their trailing edges prolonged, some of them in quite drastic hues and often taking some time to clear the frame of the windshield. The car radio didn't help much, being able to pick up only uh, KQAS, playing an old droolin' Floyd Womack single Doc had always had conflicted feelings about. On the one hand, trying not to take it personally just because he'd t- chased down a debtor or two, but then again finding himself going back over wrongs and regrets. All right, do you think I can give give it the old college try? Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, droolin' Floyd Womack. Does that kind of sound like a blues song to yeah. you?
0: Or maybe like a blues rock or like a little Richard. Yes. I I assume it's about maybe like a play on like a howlin', howlin'. wolf with, yeah, droolin'. So what's your give me your best bluesman? Alright. <laughs>
1: honestly I should go forward and try to assign some chord progressions and just play this as a song. The <laughs> the, the Repossessed Man comes bouncing through that window just Laying his hooks on everything he can. <laughs> there goes my 19-inch, my rides up on some winch. Goodbye and cheerio to my old stereo. <laughs> the repossessed man, he never will be happy till he's got everything that I need that gets me through because it's all just out on loan. Never really your own. Look out, that repossess man. He's coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I sang it in the exact same tune as the other one.
0: I think it, I think I, I, I heard it. I could hear it. All right.
1: <laughs> Just out of Ondas Nudosa's Community College, Doc, known back then as Larry Sportello, had found himself falling behind in his car payments. Mm. The agency that came after him, Gotcha Searches and Settlements, that's Gotcha with an exclamation point. Of course. Uh, decided to hire him on as a skip tracer trainee and let him work the debt off that way. Yeah. By the time he felt comfortable. The life of, enough, a, re-
0: the life of a repo man is always intense. Hey. Yes.
1: Uh, by the time he felt comfortable enough to ask why, he was in too deep. <laughs> this is fun, he remarked once after about a week on the job as he and Fritz, Fritz Drybeam were parked up in Reseda someplace on what was proving to be an all-night stakeout. This is
0: literally just Rebo Man. Yeah, baby. I wonder, I wonder if Pinchon's ever seen he Rebo must. Man.
1: Fritz, in the business 20 years and seen it all, nodded. Yep, and wait till you start with the inconvenience premiums. This being Milton the bookkeeper's term. Fritz, as graphically as possible, went on to describe some of the forms of motivation that clients, typically those who loaned at high interest, often asked the agency to provide. I'm supposed to kick somebody's ass? How believable is that? You'll be authorized to carry a weapon. I never fired a gun in my life. Well, reaching under the seat, what kind of a weapon is that? It's a hypodermic outfit. I knew that, but what am I supposed to load it with? Truth serum, same kind the CIA uses. You stab (laughs) them any place that's easy to reach and before you know it, they're jabbering like speed freaks, won't stop telling you all about assets they never even knew they had. Larry decided to stash the outfit in a sinister-looking red faux crocodile shaving kit he'd found at a yard sale up in Studio City. It wasn't long before he noticed how many of the delinquents he and Fritz visited seemed unable to keep their eyes off it. Uh, He understood that if he was lucky, he uh, he might not have to so much as unzip it. It never quite became a tool of his trade, but did develop into a useful prop, in time earning him the nickname doc today doc found fritz banging around under the hood of a dodge super Bee, preparing to go out on a collection run hey there doc you look like shit <laughs> wish i could say the same for you bright eyes keeping all them carburetors straight wholesome thoughts and don't smoke nothing's been grown in a combat zone that's my secret and could even work for you that's if you had any self-control uh-huh, well, my good luck today that your brain's all dialed in because I need to find somebody in a hurry. My ex-old lady, Shasta Fay. I think you mean Mickey Wolfman's girlfriend. This is Dr. Reality's office calling. You're way overdue for your checkup. Fritz, Fritz, how have I offended you? Every cop in the LAPD and the sheriff's is looking out for both of them. Who do you think will find them first? Uh, judging by the Manson case, I say any random idiot off the street. "'Well, come, in, come on in and check this out,' motioning Doc into the office. Milton the bookkeeper, wearing a flowered Nehru jacket, several strings of cowrie shells around his neck, <laughs> and vivid yellow shooting glasses, glanced up with a wide smile out of a haze of patch, patchouli scent and waved slowly as they headed for the back room. "'He looks happy. "'Business has been picking up, and it's all because of...' He flung open a door. "'Tell me how many random idiots you know got anything like this?' Wow, Fritz. It was like being inside a science fictional Christmas tree. Little red and green lights were going on and off everywhere. There were computer cabinets, consoles with lit up video screens, and alphanumeric keyboards, and cables running all over the floor among unswept drifts of little bug-sized rectangles punched out of IBM cards, and a couple of Gestetner copy machines in the corner, and towering over the scene, all along the walls, a number of Ampex tape reels busily twitching back and forth. ARPANET, Fritz announced. (laughs) Ah, no, I'd better not. I got to drive and stuff. Maybe just give me one for later. (laughs) It's a network of computers, Doc, all connected together by phone lines. UCLA, Isla Vista, Stanford. Say there's a file they have up there and you don't. They'll send it right along at 50,000 characters per second. Wait, ARPA, that's the same outfit has their own sign up on the freeway at the Rosencrantz exit? Some connection with TRW. Nobody over there is too forthcoming. Like, uh, Raymo isn't telling Woolridge? I don't know what that reference is. (laughs) But you're saying somebody hooked up to this thing might know where Shasta is? Can't know till we look. All over the country, in fact the world, there's new computers getting plugged in every day. Right now it's still experimental, but hell, it's government money, and those fuckers don't care what they spend. We've had some useful surprises already. Does it know where I can score? that's the end of the chapter
0: great Should that's a great it? place to start stop great. arpanet
1: oh arpanet they're
0: getting online we're folks folks through the through the phone uh, through the phone kind of yes uh connecting with his old re- old repo man yeah. uh friends who's gotten kind of nerdy yes his, uh... Uh, maybe that would be, you know, because I've I've long loved Rebo Man, one of my favorite movies, but I, and I've always wondered, like, where you would go with that story. Obviously, not everything needs to have a sequel, but I'm always like, oh, you know, w- w- if I was given the chance, you know, if I, got, if I was given any property to be like, all right, do something with this, like, take this IP and do something, I think the first thing I would do is, like, Rebo Man, and it's like, what do you do? Do you do a reboot of it, or do you do a sequel? And I think kind of a... Maybe a William Gibson-inflected single, a uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a sequel. I obviously now it would be set in the past, but it would be of uh, Otto having graduated from Repo Man to Private. You basically, you would basically just do yeah this, yeah, but set in the '90s and maybe having Ooh. a little like William Gibson uh, cyberpunk influenced. In that, you know, the first Repo Man has that like the alien caddy. Yeah. The radioactive alien caddy sci-fi element to it. You, you may turn that into more of a, um, you know, a, a 90s cyberpunk thing a little later. Uh, and, and, and sequelize it with Otto. I don't know, 10 years on 10 years into his career.
1: I don't see why not. You should write it. I should. Uh, all right. Should we do our, our full? Yeah. Recap do you want to so take far? this one? Uh, yeah. I might, t- I might tap you in for help. We, we meet, Uh, Doc. Yeah. Shasta, his old lady, uh, asks him for help. Uh, her boyfriend, Mickey Wolfman, uh, property developer, is in trouble. He's uh, he might get locked up against his will by his wife and his wife's co-conspirator. Yes. Uh, and then Chess is like, keep an eye on him, and he's like, totally. And then she disappears. Uh, he goes. Uh, then he gets another call. Uh, another bit of business from Tariq Khalil. Uh, who has a debt he needs to settle uh, with one Glenn Sharlock, an associate of Mickey Wolfman, specifically a bodyguard, a body man. Uh, after doing some research, he uh, visits the property that uh, Mickey is developing, Channel View Estates. uh sort of knocks around for him at the uh, uh, massage parlor slash uh, s- sexual uh, palazzo <laughs> and uh, gets knocked over the head wakes up to his nemesis, Bigfoot Bjornsson, uh, who, as we understand it, he's not, an, he's not a Gordita Beach local anymore. He's like a, uh, a downtown LA cop? Yes. Or has so, some kind of jurisdiction wider than just Gordita Beach. Uh, he thinks that... Uh, he informs him that Glenn Charlock is dead and says, we think you have something to do with it and gives him a thorough investigation, uh, but can't pin anything on him. Uh, and he you know gives him a ride back to his impounded car uh tries to recruit him into being a, an undercover uh cop and informant yes and he says absolutely hell no what happens next uh he gets back uh Tariq Khalil is like it wasn't me sorry about that he's like no big deal he's like all right i'm i'm going away and he gets a new bit of business hope Harla- Har- Harlingen, yes. former heroin addict who doesn't think that her husband coy who is a surf rock saxophonist for the band The Boards, Yes, uh, actually OD'd and died. Uh, She thinks that he's still alive, and Doc uh, takes it somewhat seriously. And uh, after meeting up with her, decides to take on her business as well. Uh, uh, Hope also knows Shasta, and therefore knows about the whole business with uh, uh, Mickey Wolfman as well. So it's all kind of connected. So now he's sniffing around for Coy, so he goes to his, his uh, cousin, cousin who is uh, a, Scott Oof, who is in a band called Beer. Uh, checks in, you know, smokes a pot, checks in on them. Uh, it is also believed that you know Coy is not dead, so he's kind of corroborated on that. Um, and then he, uh, wh- Why does he go talk to um, Dubonnet? Du oh, d- because Dubonnet is the one is the officer who told hope that Coy was dead. Yes. Uh, and I d- ID'd the body and did the next of kin call.
0: Which she was not able and to she, see.
1: She was not able to see and she doesn't believe that it was real. So uh, Doc goes and sniffs around uh, at uh, Pat's beach back in Gordita Beach uh, and uses some reverse psychology on him because Pat hates Bigfoot. Yes. Uh, Doc also hates Bigfoot or at least Bigfoot hates Doc. Uh, he hears that it sounds like uh, Bigfoot has is, is a confusing conversation, uh, but Bigfoot has business beyond just typical cop
0: business. Yeah, I gathered that to mean uh, two things: is that yes. a he's profiting off of the uh, the cases that he's investigating. Yeah, but then also the thing where he's trying to be, uh, you know, what everybody will eventually try to be a content creator. Yes, <laughs> and it uh, also has he has you know. You know what? What is he? He is a recognizable 21st century force. Uh, force of the uh the the influencer hustler. Yes. He has multiple revenue streams.
1: Yes, totally. And then uh, finding that out, he then uh, heads back up to. His, we get the origin story of Doc. Why he becomes a PI. Yeah. Uh, it's because he was a repo man turned. He he uh, got
0: repoed and then was turned.
1: Yes, got repoed. Yeah, f- found the yes. other side of the the repo zone. Yeah, uh, and then he visits his old office um, because he's trying to. At this point, who is he trying to find? Anybody, Shasta?
0: I don't think. Yeah, he's got two two cases, and I, I don't think we leave him with a. Uh... Would knowing which one he's yeah. working towards?
1: I guess. Do you think it's kind of maybe implied that he every time when he feels like he's hit a dead end, he goes back to uh um hold on, let me pull up the character name just in case we see him again. Um, beep boop, bibbity bop, Fritz. Fritz. Uh, goes back to Fritz, who might have some. He might be like his tech guy, yes. right? see hey, i uh, hey Fritz, how can you help me i've I've talked to everyone I think I could talk to, and now i I need to see if there's any other way to track down the yeah, I
0: California to in the seventies is so very interesting because and it really is the 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 intersection of things that are ending and things that are beginning. Mm-hmm. you know the ending of this like sixties wave and then the beginning I mean that just that little. Hand off uh, that little scene right there, of being like, "This is ARPNet. This is going to connect everything together." And and uh, Doc being like, "Yeah, but can I smoke it?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a way, you will in a way, but not the way you think.
1: I'm we're all we're up. all
0: going to be smoking on that ARPNet in the future.
1: Uh Hughes Company is Hughes Aircraft Company, a major American aerospace. Oh yeah, the Howard
0: Hughes is air- aircraft. Oh that's oh
1: that's him. Oh yes. I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah. So yeah, even the idea that he passes them and uh there's something about like creating different terrain to test uh, They're the Hughes aircraft. Uh, the Howard Hughes uh, aircraft Yeah.
0: Set. I didn't pick up on the, the on that detail. Yeah, yet. it
1: was kind of a it was kind of a hazy uh D- description in there yeah um and again
0: i have a uh, family familially induced brain fog
1: of course yes um
0: God, not how are, how are maternally induced what a... brain fog or COVID induced. has brain elon brain musk
1: heart. ever said that he admires howard hughes
0: interesting i would love for elon musk to go th- to uh have a hardcore howard hughes phase
1: i mean it seems like he probably already does
0: um yeah, but you know, just be—it would be—it would be, it would be uh, entertaining to watch him become debilitatingly uh, reclusive.
1: I feel like, unlike Howard Hughes, uh, Elon Musk is never going up in the rocket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's not putting his life on the line.
0: He's not flying the things. Uh, how he Hughes should? If he plane. really believed in them, he would be on every SpaceX man-, man mission.
1: You have to get it, get it how you live it. Yeah, I don't even know if that's the right way to describe
0: it. Hey, right? Howard Hughes flo- flew some of those damn planes.
1: Uh, the ca- California as a hippie paradise and also, you know, like aerospace, uh, yes. and it, it, you know, internet, um, yeah, uh,
0: the, the, the tech, uh, you know, techno, I mean, we're, there's almost nothing we will say about this that has not been like picked over many, many times. I mean, this is obvious, this is something that like true covers in great de- depth, mm. Uh, This is something that's very baked into any like parapolitical discussion of of just like how it all really happens here in California. Chaos. God, who wrote that book? Uh, That guy who started researching a a Marilyn Manson thing for like a a 40th anniversary like People magazine piece and then ended up uncovering that maybe did I say Marilyn Manson, Charlie Manson, Uh, that maybe Charlie Manson was like a a, a MK ultra victim who was like dosed out of like official MK ultra uh, uh, dispensaries and in the, in the hate and then set you set loose on an unsuspecting. It's just like, yeah, every, the, I always think of California as like, you know, it's a, with what with all the manifest destiny it's like america slopes down and it all collects here and it mm. and it should be like the the grease trap of america but it is uh, <laughs> uh almost comically one of the most beautiful places in the world the- and so all all the detri the psychic detritus and effluvium of uh, of american society and you know from its culture to its government just kind of collects here and then Bakes in God's most perfect environment.
1: Yes, but also it's harshest and most uh, chaotic and unstable. Yes, uh, you always wondering whether the big one will happen. It's uh, true. You you think it's going to be the grease trap, but it's actually uh, when it you ca- you uh, put weed in a grinder and get all the keef. At oh
0: the yeah, end. it's the it's the keef the keef it's trap. The stickiest of, Amer- of the icky. Uh, yes, uh, America's stickiest icky <laughs> al- always ends up. <laughs> On the on the coast, we've
1: sort of lost in the boom because uh, I can't stop talking about weed because this this book is a, a weed. It's book. It's a weed book. Uh, we we've lost in the boom of uh, legalized cannabis in America is. You know the lo- the localness of uh certain like uh, strains. Yes, He's, he has some pre rolled Panamanian. Yes, well that he I, saved some
0: Hawaiian. Uh, this is what I was saying f- uh, from last week: is that I want to go to one of these dispensaries and ask for some real like sixties and seventies age Maui Wowie. Nobody ever talks about Maui Wowie what anymore.
1: Chi- Chiba Chews? Those are still yes. a thing. Those were like the world's first edible, not the world's first, but you know what yes. I mean. Yes, the fr- world's first name brand edible.
0: Um yeah some some golden panamanian some stuff like that it's funny i saw like a uh, illustration somebody posted this was a while ago but posted like high times like end of the year centerfold spread from like 1977 uh-huh. and every single straight literally lo- looked like the worst swag that the ch- your cheapest friend in college would have it
1: looks like a a dandelion yeah it really does yeah that way. it
0: looks like they all look like um like like the same rolled up thing of sage that you've had since uh you know for like 20 years uh and this was like the real primo shit that made the year-end centerfold of of High Times magazine
1: yeah um i want to go back to a second for a second to uh bigfoot's cornering of the content market on these crimes because my god i feel like even when uh pinchon wrote this that it wasn't even such a thing of true crime. What
0: year did this come out? Is this 2000? Well, I guess all we really need to know is, was this before or after cereal? And I think it was before. I
1: think it was before. Yeah. Um. Just the idea of like kind of cornering the market on like a particular narrative. Oh, 2014. Uh, so, so right, right around serial. Yeah. And it's you know, it's not, it's not, I, as I always like to say, true crime, the current bro- boom, or I think maybe we're slightly past it. Yeah, come out of nowhere. People have been watching Dateline on Saturday nights for yeah. Years and but years it took now. the
0: marriage of the medium and the message that I really think that you can definitively put put a finger on on Serial as like, oh, this is this is now a new way that a new more direct more cereals like the crack the crack to the cocaine of uh of dateline You're like hey do you like uh, do you like stories. dateline but would you like to listen to it while you do your dishes and also would you like it uh done in a much more like casual direct parasocial way with much less of vetting yeah and more focus on is this an entertaining story
1: yeah uh and you know even just the idea of like Story, story ownership and content ownership, and I feel like we're we're in a very grim uh, co- state of content creation right now, especially because the money is being squeezed out of uh, every creator's hands and into just the you know the heads of whatever media companies uh, are trying to put them out, and that's why everyone is still on strike right now.
0: Do you think a place like iHeartRadio has a department where they are just looking through rap sheets and like having? lawyers and content bosses call like the families of recently murdered and seeing what they'll sell their story for.
1: I bet they have or do you even I have bet to they do have that. researchers and producers who are looking up just like local like crime yep. Yeah. uh and uh, you know unsolved mm. mysteries and that kind of yeah. thing.
0: There's got to be a database. Every time I log into the iTunes and just check out their top list, there's something else there that is like a produced out story story that's like like a flower cut the 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 grassland murders.
1: The grass not the grassland murders.
0: It, but it is. It's like some new new bullshit every yeah. single time.
1: Well, I think the worm has a little bit turned yes. on that stuff. I've noticed on TikTok, for example, there's a lot of people who are railing against my favorite murder and similar uh, of just like the idea of sensationalizing yeah. crimes that happen to real real people, and then also you know, getting all in a tizzy about the concept of like, ooh, this could happen to me, when like, uh, it, prob- it probably won't. Yeah. And if it does, it's probably going to be somebody you know, which is not very, that's not very mysterious or glamorous. Uh,
0: yeah, I have some sympathy for the My Favorite Murder people, even though they made so much money off of that show. Mm. Uh, just because of like I you know it's one of those classic things where classic podcast things where I had don't think that they had any idea that how successful the thing would be and then they're kind of like trapped yeah doing that one thing yeah in a mode where it the tone that they were doing it made more sense when it was like low stakes and maybe just for their uh, small audience than I mean the huge thing.
1: I, I think you could test a lot of co- I'll say content creation again a little ironically or yeah. sarcastically uh, do a, do a thing. Does it feel good now? Now imagine doing that thing over and over again uh, for years and years and years yes. to a, an increasing a, an audience increasing in size that will increasingly hate you. Do you yes. still want to do it? You still that's,
0: down It's tough. I mean, that's a, a tension that we do with with <laughs> Chapo. But, you know, I think that that's part of the thing is like, I think we've done a fairly good job of of growing the show stylistically and just in terms of like i don't know maturity does that seem to you say from like a weird lo-fi off-kilter thing into a fairly professionalized show yeah you know and, and i think that not, there's the only way that we could do that and keep it going for seven years and would have that would be decently respectable
1: i would say that Chavo is also just not it's not a one-trick pony in and yes. of itself like it's kind of an open-ended prospect yes
0: that is the other thing that saves us is that the show can be any goddamn thing that any of us want it to be yeah so we don't have to constantly, uh, every single episode, open the n- another Wikipedia page of a horrific killing, and then talk about whether or not they they, the victims practice good safety and if the cops did a good, good job or not.
1: If the, if the killer is is or is not totally awesome sauce or uh uh whack 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 balls. Whack
0: balls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That I. That's zom, not quite zom, my favorite. But now,
1: zom, now that's a murder.
0: Yeah. That's that, my podcast. Yeah. That's not quite my favorite murder, but that is yeah. the other murder podcast. Uh,
1: the murder re- True recap. crime obsessed. True crime obsessed. Ooh,
0: uh, something happened in their fandom because they fell off big time, and we've recently taken second place back on Patreon. Sorry, not to do so much podcast.
1: Hey, it's all it's all connected to the themes. Yes. The themes within. Anything else that I've forgotten or... uh
0: No. I like. I, just, I, the, the, I do like this milieu. Stephen Oof. Uh,
1: um, not Stephen. Uh, wh- what's how do you oof? spell oof? oof? O-O-F? Um, beer. Scott Oof.
0: Scott Oof of beer. Uh,
1: I will try next time because there will be more songs. I will try to do a little better job of singing. Yes. Um, and maybe maybe composition. Um, no promises, but. Uh, otherwise, it's all just gonna sound like the exact same thing. But Scott, oof! Uh, I uh, P- Pinchon's lyrics are like none other. It's really hard <laughs> to write a fake song, and most people, when they do it, don't do a good job. And he does a great job. We love, we stand. All right, we live, we laugh, we serve.
0: <laughs> we live, we laugh, and then we get loves. Oh, we live, you learn, then you get loves. Do you remember that one?
1: I do. Is that wait the diaper? Diapers. Diaper. Oh my God. Dot. Di- Sorry, the surf, the surf video it that Chris put on cut, for today. Cut to Cuts wild to, like, dogs, dogs fighting. Dogs fighting on the beach. Play. 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 Fl- play I don't know. They're kind They're of having a good. good him. Whatever. You can never tell with dogs. I mean, I guess you can tell with dogs. Yes. You got to look at their tail position.
0: <laughs> um,
1: dogs. Surfers. What's your tail position?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye.